you do that, you'll be successful. Um, so if you're knocking off, you're checking off all those three categories, you're taking the right actions, um, you're doing it the right way, you're not rushing through it or anything like that, and you give yourself enough time to kind of fail and learn and fail and learn and fail and learn, um, you're gonna be successful. Welcome to Trade Happy. Welcome back to another Traders Podcast episode. Remember guys, if you are new here, to hit the like button, comment below what you've learned from this episode, and also subscribe. Today we have a trader who's featured in Forbes as one of the top trading educators. He also mentors traders all around the world. Please welcome Akhil. So for anyone that doesn't know who you are, would you just be able to tell us a bit about yourself? Well, um, my name is Akil Stokes. Uh, I'll try to keep the, the story as, as uh, brief as possible, but I was a former struggling trader. Um, I am now a professional trader. I'm also a trading coach over at tier1trading.com. And, and really trading wasn't a career path that I planned on getting into. Um, it, it, it kind of just happened and I'm, I'm glad it did because um, I really have a passion for the markets. Um, I really enjoy what I do and it provides me not only financial freedom, but freedom of time and life. And that's really the, the most important uh, part for me. Uh, so from a trading perspective, I'm a technical trader, which means I, I use the charts. I don't really pay too much attention to news. Um, I guess uh, just a brief about my philosophy. I, I believe highly in the, the power of support and resistance, supply and demand. So structure is the, the backbone of everything I do in, within my trading. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's quite a few traders out there that do use support and resistance and it seems to work for them. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's really good. You, you briefly touched on tier one trading. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and then also where you see tier one trading going in the future, possibly? Well, tier one trading is an educational platform and we started the company back in 2017. Um, Jason Greystone, Darren Oglesby, and myself were actually coming from a, another educational platform, and, and we just wanted to do things in a different way. We've been teaching for, for years, and, and, and we kind of have that process down. We know how to teach. We know what to teach. Um, we know the basically the formula that goes into helping a trader become consistently profitable. Um, but there was something different um, that we needed, and it was the community aspect, and I think that's big. And if you look at any really any successful individual excuse me, or any successful group, it, it takes two things. You, you need accountability, uh, whether that's internal accountability, meaning you know the ability to keep yourself responsible and motivated, or you need external accountability. You need people around you that are going to support system that's going to help push you in the right direction. And that's something that was missing from trading. Um, you know, in my experience, I've always told people to stay away from trading forums and, and, and trading chat groups and stuff like that because most of them are toxic. Most of them, they're gonna, you're gonna get flooded with the same message. It's either gonna be the trading is a get rich quick scheme, or it's gonna be this one guy in there bragging about how good he is, but not really helping. Um, and there's just a lot of false information that I think does a trader more harm than help. So what we want to do is we, we like that method of having a, a, a network, a community of traders, but we wanted to create a non-toxic one. So. Our goal with tier one was to do all the educational things that we always do, teaching people the right way, putting them in a supportive system where there's lots of uh, 
supportive resources, live trading rooms, there's accountability sessions, there's Monday Q&A sessions like small group Q&As, giving them everything they need to be successful, but also introducing that community aspect where they're in a community with like-minded individuals, people that have a, a serious, uh, you know, a, silly, a serious drive to becoming a consistently profitable trader, consistently profitable traders that have been through uh, the journey that many of the new traders are going through and, and really just are willing to give back and support and, and help along that path instead of kind of just brag or discourage. And um, we weren't sure it was going to work, to be honest with you. Um, but fortunately enough, we've done a good job of attracting the right type of trader to our platform. And I think the community aspect is by far the, the, the most powerful aspect of our website and of our educational program. So we're really proud of that, really proud. We, we couldn't do it without the traders on our platform to, to put it briefly. Hmm. And how did you, so before you joined tier one, mm -hmm. how did you get into trading? How did it all start? So I got into trading right out of, um, right out of college. Um, my dad did an excellent job of teaching me, I, I guess, keeping me financially educated. and. For me, that, that, that that's a very big issue for me that in school districts across the world, I, I think we do a very poor job of financially educating people. People aren't graduating from, you know, we call it high school over here, but with the the knowledge of really how to take care of themselves from a financial aspect. They don't know about investing. They don't even know about balancing checkbooks. They don't know how interest works. Um, they're very uneducated. And I won't get too deep into that. I think there's all types of reasons and and people want to keep stay in power and all that fun stuff but uh really my dad did a good job when i was uh, young of just teaching me the basics of understanding money not fearing money but really embracing it and that started with simple stuff where it's like saving where you know i remember i would do chores around the house i'd get allowance and he would say hey whatever i put in a savings account he would match it and he, he, he really taught me how, hey, if you put your money in this account and, you know, you will make interest off of it back when savings accounts actually offered interest. And as I got older, he, he just kind of kept upping the ante. So it went from just a basic kind of savings account to a, a certificate of deposit to a money market account. And by the time I got out of college, the next step was just um, investing. Um, it was like, hey, you know, I worked a lot my entire life and I'm very frugal. I think it's a pretty cool combination of I worked my behind off since like really the age of like 10, but I don't really spend anything. So I had a good amount of money saved up and nothing to do with it. And he just advised that, hey, let's put it in, put some of it in the stock market and just start understanding how that works. And that's what initially got me in the stocks. And, and as I got into it, I noticed that I really loved the game. It, it, it was fun. It was a it was a puzzle. It was exciting and not exciting by like a gambler's perspective, but just like an exciting uh, excitement of trying to figure things out. And the more experience I got into it and I actually did really, really good in the stock market. Um, I started asking myself, hey, Keel, you, you like it. You're good at it. Um, this was during the recession here in the U.S. So I, I couldn't get a job to save my life anyway or a good career to save my life anyway. So I said, hey, why not take a shot and see if you can make this a, a full time gig? And you know, it wasn't easy. There was a, a two year stretch, two to three year stretch where I just struggled um, a lot and, and didn't think it was going to work out. But eventually it did. And, and, and now I'm, I'm living my dream life. I get to wake up and do exactly what I want to do every single day. And, and uh, you know, it makes that two to three years seem like nothing in comparison. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I understand that you had 
um, um, a trading mentor in the stock market. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I had uh, I had a trading mentor in the stock market. I had a trading mentor in the forex market as well. Um, in the stock market, it was actually I met this guy by accident. He was uh, I, I later found out he was this local millionaire, and he was actually a grandfather type figure to my girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend then now wife. Um, so. I met him just because, um, you know, he had heard about me because obviously I'm, I'm dating his granddaughter, essentially. And he wanted to come in and vet me. He we've been dating for some time and he wanted to like no, most fathers or uh, uncles and grandfathers. He wanted to make sure, hey, I was a good fit for her. if, if Things were going to get serious. Um, and while we had those conversations, I think he recognized that my mindset, kind of my my mindset about money, my mindset about entrepreneurship in general was very similar to his. And. He kind of took me under his wing and I, I obviously I, I saw this guy was super successful and then you know I'm, I'm no dummy if you find someone that's super successful you latch on to him and learn so i remember that first summer when i met him i, I spent the entire summer in his office i just sat in this corner little you know this little round table in the corner i would just sit there all day I, i'd listen to his phone calls i'd watch his meetings and i just was like a fly on the wall um trying to learn as much as i can and, and Throughout that experience, I kind of learned a little bit about investing and then obviously I'd start picking his mind. Hey, why did you do that? Hey, what do you think about that? And the relationship just grew where he he kind of you know really favored me and and, and kind of taught me his craft and, and I took it from there and ran. Um, I took steps back when going to Forex, but uh, from at least from the investment side of things with stocks, uh, that's how I got started uh, in the market. Yeah. Um... And what were like some of those lessons that you learned from him? Like, do you still use some of those lessons today? Yeah. And the biggest lesson I learned was that, you know, I was under the impression that when, if you want to be an investor, you have to have this, you know, you have to have this Ivy League degree. You have to be super smart. You, you, you got to be a brainiac and, and understand all these financial um, sheets and, and, and whatnot. And that discouraged me. I think that discourages a lot of people because I'm, you know, I'm not dumb by any means. I'm intelligent, but I'm, I'm not super smart like that. Um, in fact, I, I switched majors from business uh, to something else in college because I was failing micro and macroeconomics. So, you know, I definitely didn't think I was me. I, I didn't think I can do this. But what I learned from him is it's a lot more common sense, at least his style of investing. It, it was a lot more kind of figuring out the puzzle, putting two and two together, kind of if this, then that, and and making predictions. And a lot of the predictions, at least for me, they weren't really hard to make because they were kind of right there in your face. So um, to this day, I still take kind of a, a, a common sense investment approach where I don't necessarily value um, any type of financial documents. You know, I'll, I'll peek and whatnot to see the strength of a, of a company or whatnot. But in general, I, I try to just, you know, I hate to say it, it's, it, but rely on my gut feel. And, and, and that's worked really, really well for me, kind of keeping it simple and just understanding not just myself, but understanding, I think, the public perception and, and, and how they feel and how things may change in the future. Yeah. Um, and I know that you're also uh, big into your athletics. Yeah. What would you say are some of the similarities between being an athlete and a trader? I think there's many similarities. I, I think, you know, I would say that being an athlete, I, I wouldn't be the trader I am today if, if I weren't an athlete. Um, many of the skills that are needed in trading, well, well, essentially this, if you want to be a successful trader, it, trading is a skill. 
Again, it's not a God-given talent. There's no kind of DNA. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta have a certain level of intelligence. Obviously, you can't be dumb as a doorknob, but it is a it is a skill. And like any skill, if you work on it, you will get better. And I remember growing up playing basketball, and I didn't know how to dribble with my left hand at all. And my coach had told me, "Hey, you need to go outside for a half an hour each day and just dribble the ball with your left hand." And I did that. Boom, 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 boom. First day I was horrible. End of that week, I was a little bit better. You fast forward a month later, I was pretty good with my left hand. And it's a skill that I developed simply because I consistently worked on it. And reading a price chart and trading is the same way. It's really tough at first. Everything looks weird. I remember when I first saw a, a Japanese candlestick, I had no idea what the heck it was. I couldn't see anything, just squiggly lines. Um, but the more I worked on it, the more I practiced, the more I learned and, and, and practically applied what I was learning, the better I became. So the idea that you know you have to treat trading just like an athletic practice um, was big with me, and also discipline. Um, the main reason why traders fail isn't because they're not good. Typically, most traders are, are good enough to to make good entry calls. They're just not. They don't have the discipline to get out of their own way. So stuff like early target taking or moving stops back or entering too soon or being afraid to enter, those are all psychological errors. Um, nothing to do with the technicals, nothing to do with the, the skill of, of reading a price chart. And what athletics taught me with that is just being disciplined. You know, Being an athlete, you have to listen to the coach. You may not always agree with the coach, but you know whatever the coach says, you have to do. Um, so I became a very disciplined person. I know how to follow rules. I know how to interpret things and adjust on the fly, um, just based on my time as being an athlete. And I think that carried over very, very well um, to the financial markets and, and especially the short memory. Um, you're going to have bad plays. I remember I had a, a high school football game where there was a bunch of scouts there. Um, so a bunch of scouts recruiting me. And if I did well, um, I increased my chances of getting a scholarship to a, a big school. And I remember I had my worst game ever. Um, I think I dropped about two or three touchdown passes in the, in, the, in the first half of the game. And I remember my coach telling me, hey, you have to have a short memory. Like what happened, happened. You can't do anything about it. All you can control is the future. And trading is the same way, right? You have a bad trade or you have a losing trade. Guess what? There's nothing you can do about it now. Um, you can only make your situation worse by kind of thinking about it and forcing the next one. So you have to be able to forget. You have to be able to reset. You have to be able to move on kind of with a blank slate. And that's something that's massive in trading, in my opinion. Yeah. And you touched on like the hard work and the discipline and stuff like that. Do you think that anyone can be profitable with the right education? Yes and no. Um, I, I think the right education, yes. I think the discipline is going to be the tough part. Um, and I think there's a, a big difference between learning the skill of trading and learning or mastering your own psychology. Um, so I think anyone has the ability to be profitable. Again, unless like, even if you're dumb as a doorknob, man, you can find a way. Again, I, I, don't, I don't think, in fact, I think the smarter people, and this has kind of been proven, the smarter people, more intelligent people often struggle in trading more than the, the less intelligent ones. But I certainly think anyone can. I think it's going to be a, a matter of can you control yourself? Can you stay disciplined? Can you kind of ignore the, the psychological demons that that pop up during that, uh, during your trading career? Mm. And do you have any advice for people that struggle with the discipline or the patience when trading? 
Yeah, you got you got to look at bigger picture. Um, it, it starts with changing the mindset, and and it's easy to say, hard to do, but you got to shift your mindset from being results oriented, results driven, meaning that the, you're judging yourself off the results. I I am good because I have a good trade. I am bad because I have a bad trade. Um, and you have to be more process driven. You have to really accept the fact that we have no control over the markets. You can do everything correct and still lose. You can do everything wrong and still win. Um, so the result is not really what you should be judging yourself off of. It should be the process. Are you doing things the right way? And when you really understand that this is a game of probabilities and risk management, so it's it's putting yourself in a position that is more likely to be profitable than not profitable and then setting up your risk management in a way that, um, you know, when you win, you basically win more than you lose or you're not losing so much that you blow your account. When you combine those two things, um, really you're just you're just playing the game you're, you're no different than a casino a casino doesn't make money off of everyone that comes in into its doors right some people win and, and leave with profit from the casino but at the end of the day they have an edge you know, every single game in the casino they have the advantage so it's a numbers game if they just want to keep people playing as much as they can because if they can do that they're more likely or, or they're going to take home more money than what they have to, to pay out and trading is the same way we are the casino we have to have an edge and we have to consistently uh, exploit that edge. Yeah, and I think that's like the mindset, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. the mindset is really important. And I heard, I don't know whether I'm gonna say this correctly, but I heard you talk about Kaizen philosophy mm -hmm. um, in a previous podcast. Can you kind of expand on that? So the Kaizen philosophy is, uh, is a Japanese philosophy for continuous improvement. It's something that I learned um, during trading. I remember when I was really uh, younger as a trader, <laughs> Me and my my buddy, my get rich quick buddy, we bought this. Uh, I think it was like a, a some forex DVD or some trading DVD. We split it, we went half seas on it, and we watched it. And um, it was funny. I think that was like the first educational investment I made. The first time I paid for education, and I don't even know if it was good or bad. I think I was too too dumb or too blinded to actually understand. But I remember they talked about the Kaizen philosophy in that DVD, and it stuck with me. And I really try to live my life by it. But it's the idea of continuous improvement. Um, it was after the World War in Japan where the economy was just kind of ruined and their factories were kind of getting back together. And um, they said that in, in, instead of trying to achieve basically like 100% efficiency each day, um, let's just take small steps. Let's just try to get a little bit more efficient each day. Let's get a little bit better each day. And I've kind of put that into my life as, as win the day, where each day I wanna get a little bit closer to that end goal. If I can get a little bit better each day, whether it's being a husband, being a father, being a trader, whatever it is, then 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, whenever it is, I'm gonna be just continuously improving. And um, basically it's just trying to make small deliberate improvements each and every day, instead of focusing on the big picture and, and understanding that if you're consistently doing the small things, the small habits, those big changes are going to come before you know it. Yeah. Um, and the continuous approve, improvement from when you started trading, was it a difficult process for you to become profitable? Um, and also, like, from when you were profitable, what kind of things were you looking to change to improve? Yeah, it, it was extremely difficult. Um, I spent a long time trading with the wrong mindset or, or, or trying to trade the wrong mindset. Um, 
I was looking for the answer and not kind of the equation to figure out the question. So I just wanted the strategy. I said, you know, give me a strategy that works so I can make money and I'll just do this and do that. And, and, and I never focused on discipline. I never focused on psychology. I never even focused on how to properly read a price chart. I, I just wanted the strategy. And it hit me one day when I was trading this trend continuation strategy and someone, I think probably someone on the internet asked me a question. They said, hey, you know, what is the Euro dollar? Um, what direction is the trend in? And I couldn't answer the question. And it, it hit me where it's like, I'm a trend trader, right? I, so if there's one thing I should be able to do as a trend trader, it's know what the trend is. I, I just couldn't answer the question. And that's when it kind of hit me that I, I really didn't have any education um, on the price charts and it made me take a step back and focus on kind of the basics first instead of just learning the strategy mastering how to read a price chart mastering understanding how price moves um and then if i do that i'll have a better understanding of how my strategy works and, and how to tweak it and, and how to be more efficient um so taking those small steps really helped me and then once i became profitable because I, I became profitable trading a single strategy, right? I, I focused on one thing. I got good at that one thing and I started making money in the markets. Um, but I knew that that one thing wouldn't last forever. I knew that market conditions change and that if I thought I'd be a one trick pony, um, I was putting myself in a very dangerous position. So I wanted to learn more. So what I did was I, I went back to a lot of the old tactics that I, I tried and failed at when I was learning. Um, and I revisited them with kind of the, the newer understanding of what trading is on, on how a price chart moves. And I was able to take many of the, the, the techniques and strategies that I used before that I, I wasn't profitable with. I don't want to say they weren't profitable. It was me just doing dumb stuff with them. And I revisited them with new knowledge. And a lot of them have been, you know, slowly put into my, my current style of trading. Um, which is pretty cool because it gives me a lot of diversity. It gives me a lot of options, how I can trade. It gives me a lot of flexibility, which really helps me adjust to any type of market condition that we may face. Yeah. And from all of your years of trading, was there one year that stood out to you in a good or bad reason? And what, what would that be and why? Hmm. Good or bad reason. Um, I would say, I have one trade that's that I'm trying to think of a full, a full, I, I, I would say this year it had, or not, well, not this year. I would say, um, probably one of the most powerful years I had would have been 2000. I want to say 14. It was when, you know, you know what? No, let's fast forward 2017. Um, this is when I took my, my biggest drawdown from a, uh, from a monetary perspective, not the longest one, but the biggest, the biggest hit It was about a 17% drawdown. And I remember it was, you know, if it was 2017, I may be a little cloudy on that year, but I remember 2016, um, 2015 was a great year. So I had my, my best year of trading in 2015, probably 2016 was good, but it wasn't as good as 2015. And I remember in December, that's when I typically take time to review my stats and, and make any improvements to continue education, really work on myself as a trader. And I remember I did that and I was so fired up for 2017. I'm like, 2017, I'm going to get back to my 2015 form. Um, I found some things I want to work on. I, I found something I can add into my trading. And I was just, I was fired up about having the best year ever. And, you know, this is typical, right? We, you know, we always think January is a fresh start, whether it's going to the gym or whatever goals we're working on, we, we get all excited, right? Um, so it was no different with trading. And I remember I started trading. I was, I was more excited than ever. I was fired up. I was passionate. Um, 
And then for the first six weeks of the year, I just got destroyed, man. I, my equity curve went straight down 17%. And it was heartbreaking because again, I went from like an emotional high to an emotional low. And yes, I'm a professional trader, um, but I, I still face the same emotions that everyone else faces. Like, I don't like losing money. Like I question myself when, when drawdowns get bad, of, of, did I lose it? Did I lose my step? Is this the market not working? I, I still have those questions. I'm better at answering them, but I still have those questions. And I remember that it, 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 was, it was tough, but the journey of pulling myself out of that drawdown was amazing um, because I took six weeks of kind of funk. Um, I leveled off for about two to three weeks. And then the rest of the year, I just climbed out of it. And it was like, you know, going back to a sports reference, it was like making an epic comeback in a, in a sporting event where your opponent got you down, everyone thinks you're dead, and then you pull off the victory. And I think that was the most powerful year for me, just because it was the biggest hole that I've been in. Um, it happened right away. So from a psychological standpoint, um, it's going to stick with me forever where it's like, hey, you can be in a bad drawdown. It's only one month or a month and a half into the year. You have plenty of time to get back on track. And um, that's it's, it's a powerful story for myself. It's a powerful story that I share with a lot of the, the traders I work with as well. Yeah. And that 17% drawdown, was that over a period of trades or was that over like a week? It was, it was, it was for about six weeks straight. Um, so I, I think wow. you know, I, I didn't even think, I mean, I'm sure I had wins in there obviously. Um, but I, you know, once I started going down, it just, it, it was a consistent drip. Um, yeah. It and was, do you have like tough. one trade that stood out? Um, in that period or, or, or in general? Uh, in general, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it was um, my, I call it my first good trade. It was a trade on the New Zealand dollar. This is when I was still learning how to trade. And um, I was involved in a live trading room uh, with my mentor who, who was teaching us every day. And I remember it was, a, it was a pattern trade on New Zealand dollar and it was a big one. It was a, a four hour trade and we had pretty significant profits and loss on there. And we, tri we triggered a trade. It had to be like a Thursday. And I remember we we're in the trade and then we triggered on Thursday. We come in on Friday and, and the trade's about 50 pips up. Right. So for me at the time, like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling as a trader. So 50 pips is like, you know, I want to I want to take this money and run with it. And I remember my mentor saying, hey, you know, you, you guys got to be patient. Let the trade play out. You know, you just set it and forget it. Right. Trust your targets and all that fun stuff. And I remember I, I you know, at the time I was consistently taking profits early. Like I, you know, as soon as I get them, I take it. So. And, and it wasn't working, obviously. But so this was the first time that I told myself, I said, you know what? My mentor is always saying, you know, psychology, stick with the trade. All right, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to stick with this trade. It's going to lose. I'm going to send him an angry email saying you cost me money and all this fun stuff that was going through my mind. And I remember sticking with the trade. And I remember us coming back on Monday or Tuesday and the trade had rallied up about 200 pips to hit first targets. And I'm like, this is amazing because I, I was actually in it. <laughs> I was actually staying in it. And I remember going into the uh, the live room we we're doing, he asked, you know, he's talking about the trade, obviously bragging about it, you know, saying, hey, good job for you, those are disciplined. He said, you know, why aren't you guys excited? And I would say about like 80% of the people that took that trade cashed out on Friday. And it was only a small handful of us that held with it. And I remember even my, my roommate at the time who was, 
kind of my trading partner, I'm running down to him. I'm like, I'm like, Andre, Andre, it's up 200 pips. This is crazy. Isn't this exciting? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, aren't you happy? Like we'd never made 200 pips before. Like we, it actually worked. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, yeah, I cashed out on Friday <laughs> at 50 pips. And that's when I think that that's what hit me. The, the trade ended up going up uh, 400 more pips. So it was like 600 pips total. Um, but that was the first time that I actually stuck to the plan. I followed my rules. I didn't take profits early. I didn't do anything funky and it paid off. And that, that was the moment when I started to believe it was the first time I, I saw the payoff from, I guess the comparison between the payoff from doing what I was supposed to do and trusting my analysis, trusting myself versus taking it early. And from that moment on, I, I, I didn't take a single target early after that. That was the, it, my eyes were wide open. I was sold on the plan. Um, so that, that, that trade always stands out for me. That, that's my best trade ever. Yeah. And you've been mentioning like that you have learned a lot from your mentors. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone inside or outside of trading that you look up to at the moment? Um, well, I, I've got some, uh, I've got a, a good support system around me. I mean, I, I coach track and field at a local university. So I, I my, our head coach there is a good kind of, I don't want to call him a father-like figure because he's not that much older than me, but like a good uncle type figure. So he's, he's mentored me a lot um, just in, in life and, and, and being able to grow as a person. Um, from a business perspective, um, you know, the mentor that I had in the stock market and he passed away a few years ago, so he's no longer with us. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I have any new mentors. There are people that I watch or people that I listen to, but as far as like a, an in-person mentor, someone I go to and, and, and talk, um, I really don't have one of those right now. Uh, I just have a supportive system of, of, of individuals that, you know, keep me on track, but no, no real mentor, I would say, as far as from the, the business and trading perspective goes. Hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your stock market mentor. Oh, it's, he, he lived, uh, I mean, he, he lived a life that he had so many extra years, man. He was, he's, he was in the war. He was paralyzed. You know, he, he was into his nineties sharp as ever. I remember a couple weeks before he passed, he was, he was whispering in my ears, like, you gotta buy gold. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> uh, and I bought gold and it, it, it paid off very, very well. Uh, but uh, he lived a full life. He was, he was, he was ready to go. So it's, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. He was, he was ready. He, he touched many people and he, he put us in the position where we can um, touch others as, as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm driven by, by kind of passing his, his message and his advice forward to, to my kids and, and anyone that I run across to. So. Mm. And do you have any advice for anyone that is looking for a mentor like inside or outside of trading? Because obviously it's quite hard to actually get a mentor nowadays that might not want payment or you know something like that like how do you find a genuine hmm. mentor that's a good that's a good question um because it's it's hard to tell um you know i i would say just and and this is something i don't i don't really do well i'm not a big networking person but i would say networking you know putting yourself out there going to events um you know, just talking to people and getting to know people. And when you come across someone that has, you know, good advice or, or someone that is is doing what you want to do, just, you know, put yourself out there and, and don't be shy saying, hey, do you mind if I give you a call or, or an email or something like that? Um, I think, and 
I know the world is changing, especially with the COVID uh, mess to kind of being more online. And I suppose you can do the same thing, but I think a good old fashioned face-to-face in-person um, type of meeting is, is, is still best. And it's just being able to, being willing, I should say, to meet different people and get to know them. And understanding that you, you don't need a single mentor for everything. Uh, you can have a mentor that you go to for business. You can have a mentor that you go to for life advice, right? I have my my uh, my partner in my real estate investment business. I look at him as like a mentor from a father perspective. You know, he had kids and a lot more kids than I have uh, well before me. So when I need fatherly advice, I kind of listen and, and, and watch what he does. Um, so I think it's just get, getting getting to know people and then... Um, making the right decision. I, I would, I would tell you this, if typically if someone's trying to sell you something first, they're not a mentor. Um, so if someone's out on the internet saying, Hey, um, I'll be your mentor for this low, low price. That's, that's usually like not mentorship. Mentorship is more genuine. They, they have to actually care. It can't just be about the money. And I know that probably seems a little bit hypocritical. I'm, I'm someone that coaches traders and, and even though co- coaching is a little bit different than mentoring. Um, and, and, you know, we get paid for our services, but if you look at us, um, very rarely are you going to ever hear me try to sell you anything. I know I have to at some point for to be a better business person. I'm very horrible at business. <laughs> um, but, you know, you look for someone that actually cares. They, they, they want to see you grow as a person and they're willing to help. Um, so if you talk to someone and, and, and they kind of put it out there, hey, like, hey, man, just give me a call if you ever need anything. That's usually a good sign um, that they're they're willing and they, they want to help pay it forward. Yeah. And it sounds like you're doing quite a lot outside of trading as well. So you've got mm-hmm. like the athletics and the real estate, stuff like that. Yep. Um, do you have any goals that you're currently working towards? Well, my big goal is uh, I, I want to I own 100 properties. Um, and that's, that's not a hard number by any means, but I, I think that's a, I guess just the, the bigger goal of, uh, I wanna own a massive amount of real estate to the point where, you know, I, I guess I'll say this, the, the main goal that, that me and my business partner have in our real estate investment uh, business is to be able to set up something that our children can take over. Um, obviously our kids don't have to do that. They can do whatever they want, but really to have the infrastructure in place, whether where it's like, hey, you guys can take over this real estate business, you can become financially free just by managing it. That's going to free up time for you to do whatever you want in life. So whether you want to take the time to shoot, travel the world, whether you want to dig into some type of exploration, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, maybe start your own business or fail a couple of times and keep trying to start new businesses. We want to have that infrastructure in place where it's like, hey, you don't have to necessarily be stuck in that trap where you're forced to get a full time job in order to pay for life. We want to ha- we want you to have the freedom to do what you want to do in life, and by having something that is is self sustainable that that's, that's already this machine that's already up and running and printing money, um, yeah, you have to do a little bit for that, but it frees up time to really explore what you want to do. Um, and the reason I say a hundred because I, re- I read a book a long time ago where there's like you know once you get a hundred properties you'll be a millionaire or whatever something like that. So it's not a hard number, but enough enough properties where that um, our children um, can really just have something that they can rely on that will allow them to have freedom um, in life. Um, so that's the that's the main goal. I, I, trading wise, I, I'd like to, I don't know if this is going to ever happen. I'd like to one day set up a prop firm 
I'd like to either set up a prop firm or have a direct link where we can take traders on the platform and get, get them funded. Um, the reason I, I coach is because, you know, obviously trading has changed my life for the better. Um, I, I am blessed to be doing what I'm doing. I'm blessed to meet the right people at the right time. And, and my life is, is being completely changed by this skill. And many of the traders that we work with are looking to do the same thing. They're not necessarily looking to become millionaires or anything like that and have Lambos and gold chains and whatnot, but they're looking to have a skill that can either give them supplemental income or, or maybe something that will get them out of their normal nine to five. And many of the traders that we work with are very skilled. They just don't have the capital to go full-time trading because that, you know, obviously that takes a lot of money. So I, I'd love to give them a place where it's like, hey, you've been through our program. We, we've, we've taught you to skill. Um, let's put you in a, in a situation directly where, hey, now you can use that skill to start changing your life, whether it's, you know, hey, we're, we're funding you with money. Now you can come trade for us full time and, and quit your job. Um, or maybe it's, you know, we partner with another prop firm where it's like, hey, we send you to them. It's kind of like a, a filter program and, you know, you trade their money. And that would be big because it, it provides a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people. And I think when you can see that end goal where it's like, hey, if I get good at this, I can get funded. If I can get funded, I can make this and, and blah, blah, blah. I think it encourages and, and motivates people a little bit more than just saying, um, hey, you got to figure it out or here are your options, kind of figure it out by yourself. So that, that's, that would be a trading goal of mine. Hmm. And do you, obviously you're doing quite a lot right now. Mm -hmm. um, do you have like any routines that you do? What does your average day look like? So my average day is um, I wake up, Usually around, it depends, somewhere I sleep in a little bit because the markets aren't as busy, but usually I'm up around 5 or 5.30 each day. Um, I don't check my charts at first unless I have a position on overnight. I do check that to make sure, see if I have to manage anything or, or whatnot. But um, I try to do some form of, of meditation for the first 30 minutes. And for me, meditation is a little bit different. It's not your typical kind of sit there with candles and, and hum in silence. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do that, but it could be a yoga routine. It could be stretching. It could be even checking emails or just, you know, browsing weird stuff on the internet. But I try to take about 30 minutes to allow my mind to wake up because what I've noticed is that although I'm the type that jumps out my bed, does a backflip, hops downstairs and, and shouts, win the day, right? My, my body is fine my brain takes a little bit more time to catch up. And I found myself making a lot of trading mistakes in the, in the morning first thing, because, you know, I'm not really seeing things. So I take about a half an hour to do something else. And before I get into trading, um, then I do a, a round of top down analysis, uh, depending on the day, it can take me anywhere from, you know, five minutes to 35 minutes um, of just reviewing the markets, looking from a higher time frame perspective and kind of setting up my day saying, hey, Kiel, this is what you need to look for. These are the levels you should watch for. These are the trades on your radar and whatnot. Um, I'll do some business stuff where there's uh, you know, updating social media posts or something like that, checking emails. Um, and then I take about 45 minutes to an hour to, to make breakfast. Um, that's a, a very important part to kind of get separation from the markets before I go back into the market. So I take about an hour to do that. Then I run a live trading room. So I do some day trading and do another form, another, uh, another, I guess, round of, of top-down analysis and, and active day trading for about two to three hours a day. Um, so that takes me to what, to about 10 o'clock maybe from seven to 10 or eight to uh, 7.30 to 10.30. 
And then I try to get away from the charts again. Um, I like to do some type of physical activity, uh, preferably right after trading. Um, so it could be a bike ride, it could be a run, it could be a workout. And for me, that's a way to kind of separate the day, right? Trading, you, there's a lot of stress that comes with trading. Um, if you're having a bad day, um, that can stick with you. If you, if you lost money in the market, you're, you might be upset. Um, at the same time, if you made a lot of money, you might be overconfident and you know, both of those can cause psychological errors. So for me, having that break is another form of meditation and working out and, and, and doing whatnot is, is getting my mind off the markets, putting my mind somewhere else, firing off that, that, that good drug, um, that your brain releases when you do physical fitness. And then coming back with kind of a fresh perspective uh, and the afternoons are spent, um, you know, sometimes working on the business, sometimes working with traders. Sometimes I just play with my kids for the rest of the afternoon. The, the cool part is that basically after 10 o'clock in the morning, I can do whatever I want. Um, so I can take my kids to the park. We can go to the zoo. Um, I can sit and do business stuff. I can record podcasts. Uh, I have the flexibility to really do whatever I want from that time on. And that's, that's pretty cool. I'll do another round of analysis at night, kind of uh, reviewing my trading day and, and, and then looking around to see if there's anything I need to have set up for uh, the overnight session. Um, and then I typically, uh, I'll, I'll go to bed, wake up a few times because I got young kids that do that to you uh, and, and, re and, and repeat, <laughs> repeat. Um, so it's a, a lot, lot of my day is heavily weighted in the in the morning where I'm, I'm kind of really focused from probably about 5 a.m. to about 10 a.m. Those first five hours. And then after that, it's uh, it's pretty free. It's pretty flexible depending on what my schedule may be. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of traders aspire to have mm -hmm. um, where they can trade for a few hours in the morning or whenever and then have the rest of the day to do whatever they want. Um, I know certainly for me, that's the case as well. Yeah, I, th I think that should be the goal. I think a, a lot of, I was talking to a younger trader uh, yesterday and uh, I know a lot of younger traders have the mindset they want to be in front of the charts the whole time. And, and, I, and I, I asked him, I said, well, what's the, wh why do you, why do you want to get involved in trading in the first place? And, and many people will say financial freedom, because that's the kind of the, the buzzword, right? Financial freedom. But what you really should be, what we really should be aspiring for is freedom of time, right? Financial freedom is cool until you make money. It's, it's been an interesting switch, you know, as I've kind of gone through, I guess, the transition from being kind of lower income to where I'm at now, where it's like money used to be everything. It used to be make money, make money, more money, more money it used to be so valuable because you value money more when you don't have it. But once you kind of get in the position where you're covering those basic needs, right, where you're paying your rent on time, where you're not late on your car payment, where, you know, you don't have to kind of pick and choose at the grocery store. You can kind of get whatever you want. You don't have to get kind of the, the, the nasty version because it's cheaper, right? When you can fulfill those basic needs, you understand that money isn't really as important anymore the the, the, the difference between like uh, I, I think it was said once you make more than i think it's the u.s stat i think it's once you make more than is it sixty thousand? i forgot the number but what's let's say sixty thousand. once you make more than sixty thousand dollars a year you don't get the same amount of happiness as you did going from sixty thousand to eighty thousand as you did from thirty thousand to sixty thousand because those needs are taken care of you're you're not in kind of survival mode so once you kind of put yourself in that position, you understand that all this money is great, but what's the point of it if you can't enjoy life? 
if you're just a slave to your charts and you're, you're making money, but you're, you're at your charts all day, you can't go on vacations, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you start to realize that freedom of time is the most important thing. The ability to do what you want when you want is the most important thing. And I know that's what motivates me, especially with two young kids. Is like, I want to be that parent that can go on class trips. I want to be that parent that can take them to the zoo on a random day or something like that. I want to have the flexibility where I don't have to ask my boss for a day off. I don't have to ask for permission. I can just do it. Um, and setting yourself up in trading where you can handle your business, you put in your work, but you give yourself that time as well. I think that's what makes it such a, 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 a beautiful thing to do. That, that's the real value in trading and investing is you can literally make money while you're asleep or, or while you're away. Yeah, I think Warren Buffett talks about that a lot, doesn't he? He says, um, I can't remember the exact thing that he says, but he talks about making money while you sleep. Yeah, I think it's uh, if you if you if you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you'll work till you die. Something something like that. Yes, I saw it the yeah. other day. <laughs> um, so kind of going on from that, but also not really. Mm -hmm. um, what's something that sets the profitable traders apart from the non-profitable traders? mindset i would say mindset it's um having a realistic expectation of what you can get from trading is is key i think there are many really really good traders out there um but their expectations are just too high where you you have some really profitable traders where look if, if you if you told me if, if you guarantee that i can make five percent a month um I, I will be doing backflips um and at the same time you'll you'll have traders that will make five percent a month and it's not enough. It's like, well, I should be making 10% and, and they'll go ahead and sabotage their 5% in hopes of making this 10% because for some reason they think that's the magic number. So I think having a realistic expectation of like, hey, you don't have to be a superstar. You can be good. And it's really the, the power of compounding that really makes the difference. Just feed your account, do the same thing you've been doing, just have more money in your account. Um, I think that's a a biggest uh, one of the big difference makers and, and i think the mentality of, of kind of what it the time it takes to be good at trading as well where it's like you know it, it's for some reason people think you can be successful at trading overnight where they understand like hey if you want to be a doctor you got to go to school for like 20 years but if you want to be a trader right you can make money and you can learn it in one week um so taking the time that's that's needed to actually develop a skill and, and become good at it i think that's a one of uh, the biggest separators that I see with successful traders is a lot of successful traders say, Hey, like, I'm just going to take my time. My goal is like a year and a half from now where struggling or other traders are like, man, okay. So I can learn in a week. Um, so that mindset mindset is big. Yeah. Um, and the final question that I really have for you mm -hmm. is what's some non-conventional advice that you could give to a trader who wants to succeed? Non-conventional. Um, don't listen to what other people are telling you. Um, be okay with being the minority. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's very easy to want to listen to advice of the people that are, you know, sharing screenshots of big P and L statements or talking all the good talk. I think if you can do the opposite, I think in general, in, in investing and in trading, doing the opposite is usually the best approach, right? Even with the market, if, if everyone is buying gold, um, the news is talking about, hey, you should buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. Um, 
you should probably be looking to sell gold. And, and the same thing during, you know, this is the perfect time with the, the pandemic and whatnot. When the markets are crashing, you, you, the majority of people are, are fearful. The markets are crashing. I got to cash out, right? The entire time I was thinking, okay, when can I buy some stuff up? So I think just having that, the, the, the opposite approach and understanding that most people are going to fail. Most people are wrong. Um, so being on the other side, isn't a bad thing. I think that's going to do wonders as a trader. Um, just, just, you know, being able to think not like the, the, the general crowd, not like the herd, I guess. Yeah. Um, so thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to say? And also where can people find you? Um, you can find me. I'm, I'm all over social media. Um, so I'm on uh, all the big ones. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I know Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm at Akil Stokes RTM. Um, make sure you don't fall for the people with the weird names like Akil Stokes RTM one or two because they are out there trying to scam you. Um, and also, don't be shy about asking me questions. Uh, I know that I, I've been doing this for a while. I love questions. I, I'm not gonna say that you have a dumb question. I'm not going to ignore you. I take pride in responding personally to every single person that reaches out um, because I know I was that person one day. So um, don't feel shy about doing that. Um, I've also got a podcast, a trading coach podcast. It comes out three times a week. We cover a lot of interesting topics. Most of them are trading related, but I also like to think it talks a lot about entrepreneurship, self-development mindset. Um, It's a a fun listen uh, if, if I do say so myself. Um, and I guess my, 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 my words of advice would be just, you know, don't give up. Something I had really early on in my initial trading plan was that um, I believe that people only fail because they give up before giving themselves the chance to succeed. Um, so there's, there's a very easy formula to success. It's you, you do the right things, you do them the right way for the right amount of time. If you do that, you'll be successful. Um, so if you're knocking off, you're checking off all those three categories, you're taking the right actions, um, you're doing it the right way, you're not rushing through it or anything like that, and you give yourself enough time to kind of fail and learn and fail and learn and fail and learn, um, you're gonna be successful. Um, you just have to keep grinding at it and, and understand that you know, failure, and I forgot who said this, I heard the other day, failure is, is basically the, the, the tax that is taken out of success. Um, so you can't be successful unless you fail. It just, it's hand in hand. So if you can understand that, I think it makes kind of those setbacks a lot easier to do.